Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, the wonderful private company owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. With Dr. Elsie's support, the Cat Chat Show brings you interviews with cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations, so you can better understand and appreciate your own feline family members. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters starting on Global Cat Day, October 16th, around the country, and will travel nationwide through 2022. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of earlier festivals for free on Tubi TV. I am delighted to talk to Tal Anderson. She's a film director, also an editor, and an actor. Nowadays, you aren't allowed to say actress. I'm old school. She's a beautiful <laughs> actress and has made a marvelous movie that's in the Cat Film Festival. Boy, I, I have to say that it's one of the films that most touched me. It's so personal. It's about what Kitty Winifred means, means and meant to tell, but during the pandemic, during the lockdown, during the isolation, what that was like for Tal, as well as for Tal and Winifred, and what she learned from Winifred. But another thing about Tal that fascinates me, and that I'm trying hard to modify my usual speedy style with, is that Tal is on the autism spectrum and is an actor in a wonderful Netflix series called Atypical which follows an autistic young man when he goes to college and his friends and experiences. And the movie is very personal about what the pandemic and the isolation of the shutdown was like for Tal. And I, I learned a great deal from it. And I hope we'll all learn something from talking to her. But do understand that she, because she's autistic, she explained to me, that she processes words and conversation differently. So it takes her a moment to reply, which means I can't talk all over her, which I do with so many guests, and I should probably have been trained years ago not to do that. Tal, welcome to the show. Congratulations on your wonderful movie, Serendipity and Me. You did an amazing job. Hey, thank you so much for having me, and thank you. Well, it's a pleasure, and it's very impressive to see someone, I didn't understand that you'd been to film school, but now I understand why you could make such a moving and yet extremely personal film. You also have been a film editor. Can you talk a little bit about your training to be an editor and to be a director, aside from being an um, actor? Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me think about it. Um Film school, like what did you, which film school did you go to? Um, I went to Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. Um, I went to film school originally because I wanted to ex be experienced both in front of and behind the camera, but still with the intention of moving to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. But I 
also was excited about everything I had learned to do and how I could bring my own stories to life. So now I do both. And, you know, I've actually always been a storyteller my whole life. And even as a child, I was running around everywhere to with a handheld voice recorder and making videos on my flip video camera. But after high school, even though I already decided that I wanted to act professionally, I um, went to full sale and I learned the filmmaking process from start to finish. And I started making my own films. I made my first real film in 2017. And I've made six films on my own since then. Wow. And have edited many more for other filmmakers. That's an extraordinary um, accomplishment, Tal. As you pointed out to me before we started, an actor, particularly a female actor, does not want to necessarily indicate her age. But you're young and beautiful. And to be that accomplished and have that clear of a goal and an ambition that you've realized several times over is pretty impressive. And that you chose your cat as a way to tell your story and a story that could, I think, move other people about what it meant to be so isolated from each other is very telling. Right. As an, you, you have yourself, you show some, some footage of yourself as a little girl, a little, little girl, and said you were always quite solitary and kept to yourself. You, you're very clear in the movie. You are autistic. And, and that makes us feel we understand and know you better. But of course, it's very hard to really understand somebody else's path in life. But it helped mm -hmm. me to understand perhaps the value to people on the spectrum of a pet. Is, it, is there something you think particularly about cats or even about dogs that is helpful to people of any age on the autism spectrum to I don't know, feel feelings, uh, express feelings, be more comfortable with themselves, or is it not a value in your experience? Hmm. Um, I never really thought of, not, not really, you know, a lot of autistic people have dogs, but um, let me, uh, but I've always had cats. I, I've had a cat my whole life, but they were family. They were family pets. Um, and Winnie was the first. When a, Winnie, I always call her Winnie. Right. Winifred, I always call her Winnie. Um, is the first cat who has been mine and my sole responsibility. So, she is literally like my child, and I had to be responsible responsible for her well being and happiness in addition to my own. You know. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's interesting for anybody to have to step outside themselves and think about others. The reason I asked the question, and I did promise you ahead of time, I would give you the question I was going to ask, and then I warned you that I tend to go off in strange directions. But the reason why I asked you the question about whether you think pets, cats particularly, or dogs are of personal or a special help to people on the autism spectrum is that some studies have been done about it. You know, children, autistic children, I think ones that really cannot communicate um, and, and that pets were a bridge for them to be able to, I don't know, uh, 
feel or or find their way more to feelings or to interact with other people. Clearly not a problem for you. I mean, there you were as a, a, a wee thing running around making films. I mean, you sound like, you know, a, wasn't Steven Spielberg making movies when he was a kid or something? It's great. I mean, you you clearly saw the world as I'm going to tell stories and I'm going to use video and audio and I'm going to tell it that way. You you clear yeah. you clearly did that with serendipity and me. Can you talk about the moment where you said, "Ah, I see where there's a movie in what I'm living through this COVID pandemic and this isolation." Was there a moment where you watched Winnie hide her catnip mice and thought, ah, "I'm learning something that maybe can help other people with their with what they've had to live through in COVID." Um, I made the film for the. I made this film as part of the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge oh. because they were sponsoring they were sponsoring a home edition challenge during the pandemic. So making a film for this challenge just in general raises disability awareness and representation, which is why I participate every year. Um, actually, even making this film itself completely from home was one of the joys I discovered in the pandemic. I learned that you can make a film anywhere in and in any situation if you're willing to be flexible, flexible and creative and mm -hmm. put in the work. Mm -hmm. um, but I also took advantage of the time I had during lockdown to advocate for a bit for autism and disability representation in the media. But I did that mainly through interviews and panels that I was asked to be a part of. Yes. Normally, most of, most of my time spent train, is spent training and working, but advocating for representation is pretty important. And the, the pandemic and lockdown gave me the time to really think about how I could do more. So that was a nice thing. Well, it's very nice that you saw that positive side of the pandemic and, and found a message from the cat, because I do think our pets have lots of messages for all of us all the time, which we don't have the time or the focus to notice. And I think that mm -hmm. you you took this and you, you made a kind of a, a, a love poem, to my mind, to Winifred in a time when there was so little ability for anyone to love each other. You know, we couldn't touch each other. We couldn't visit with each other. And here you you were able to look at Winifred as this other being living her life with a certain amount of solitude. Of course, she's an indoor cat. So it's not as though she suddenly had to come indoors like you were an outdoor cat, right? We were all outdoor yeah. kitties and now suddenly we're all housebound. It was a pretty big shock. Uh, I don't know if you're comfortable talking a little bit about being an actor in a particular series that's focused on autism, almost normalizing it, if that is an okay word to use. I don't know. It might be politically incorrect. I have no idea. But um, I was fascinated by it, and you were a wonderful actor in it. Um, I wonder, when you talk about inclusion and awareness, when they started to develop Atypical, which is certainly a show people should enjoy, and Tal, you're in the third and fourth season, right? Yes. So you guys have to watch like I did, not have to. You'll enjoy watching, and then along will come Tal, and you'll say, wait a minute, isn't she 
that director. Yeah, she is that as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that it, it's a chance for people to understand others. And I wonder, you know, is it sort of turning the mirror around? We're also thinking, well, we're all normal. And then there's people that are other than us. But doesn't everybody have some of these qualities, perhaps not to be designated as on a spectrum? But do you think that part of inclusion is not to feel this need to consider others being other, but to being another human being with with strengths, weaknesses, uh, and differences? Hmm. I guess, but we are all unique. Yes. That's for sure. And I'm sure even any of the autistic actors you worked with, they were completely different from you in their own ways, right? Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's not and like autism is one thing. It's many things. Yeah. And my autism is part of who I am. Correct. Yes. And do you, did, did your parents, did your family always make you celebrate your your uniqueness and encourage your uh, creative impulses and desires it sounds like they did absolutely absolutely yes and did your mom come to california with you when you chose to move there to be an actor yes yes she did so you know it's interesting how many very supportive parents, whether it's Jennifer Lawrence's parents, or I don't know, there's a bunch of very successful singers who, I don't know, they were 12 and they said, we got to move to Nashville and their parents did it. I'm always amazed at mother love. I guess that's really what it is, isn't it? I mean, you're saying you felt like Winifred is your child. It seems like a mother will go to any lengths to encourage a child to reach her potential, find her joy. And it seems as if you have done that in many ways um yes um my mom did help me did to help did move here to LA with me to help me settle and get started because this this business is so different and foreign oh yeah yeah it's foreign to anybody from anywhere and then when you get there it's a bit of a jungle as well so is yeah. it, it, so it's really great you could do that. But I, having originally, when I was 21, moved to L.A. to be to continue being an actress, because then you could be an actress. You could be a female person who was called an actress. And I'd done quite a lot of studying in New York and at NYU and voice teachers and mm-hmm. ballet and stuff. And, you know, took it seriously, as you do. You know, as you said, you train and study. And I found that having... Other people have complete control over your life from soup to nuts, whether they want to be your agent or your manager or call you in for an audition Mm -hmm. or call you back or give you the part was just very uncomfortable in the end for me. It felt like I would never have control over my life. But you as a director have have another outlet for your creativity, something which if you can find funding, you can be a director without other people you know, telling you when or how is it, do you feel that way? Um, as an autistic person, that is perfect for me. I like order and rules. Yes. Oh, I see. Right. No surprises. But on the other hand, you'd have to sit still for many days or weeks 
aside from COVID, hoping somebody calls you for an audition, right? I mean, you're still, you have no control over your fate. Let's put it that way. Um, I, um, let me think about that. Um, Hmm. I guess really it's my my perception of acting and it might just be my perception of it and not the reality of it for you who's already a successful working actor. So yes, you haven't um, had the problem of sitting around for like many friends of mine did, you know, 10 months without a job or, or barely a call, you know, it's hard. Yes, I create on my own, I create things. I create on my own and that's what keeps me going. And so in downtimes I write and, and, and edit. Um, and so I write my own, write new things, create new I things see. that are. That makes it very different because you are a creative person. You don't, you're not just an interpretive creative person. You also create things from scratch. Well, that's clearly what you did in Serendipity and Me. And Winifred is quite the and, movie star. Yeah. Um, can I also add something about of that? Course, of about course. About the last one? Yes. Um, I'm currently working on two animated short films. Wow. And that are in pre-production. And I'm writing and producing a supernatural short film with another television actress here in L.A. Wow. But um, this but this film needs to be a union production if we both want to be in it because I'm somewhat limited if I want to be in my own film because I'm a SAG after member. So any film um, I am personally in has to be a union production. Which makes it much more complicated and costly. Well, you know what? You've, you've put yourself in a great position, Tal. We've run out of time, but you've, you're, in a one, you're in what they call the catbird seat. You have great things ahead of you. You've already done so much. And I wish only more wonderful things for you. And I look forward to everyone coming to the Cat Film Festival and seeing Serendipity in me and seeing a wonderful young creative person at work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And Winnie and I both thank you for supporting our film. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and affection for cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which has broken new ground by creating a healthy, dry, and canned food for kitties called Clean Protein, which is inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I believe can be a healthy choice if you want to feed dry food, even as part of your kitty's diet.